can we really call creation good? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dembozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So Aaron, today we are talking about the goodness of creation and really what does that mean? And I would suspect some people listening are thinking, all right, this is a layup. This is a pretty easy one. This is going to be like a, a one-minute episode. But they're going to be surprised. It's not quite as straightforward as it might seem. Well, and see, I'm a little disappointed by that because I was about to say, all right, good night, everybody. But uh, See, I was thinking of you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now you've made me do some work, and <laughs> I respect that. So, uh, yes, we are talking about the goodness of creation. And uh, listeners, if you checked out our last episode on the um, – on creation out of nothing, um, you'll notice that you'll probably notice right away that there's going to be some crossover content uh, between this one and that one. They're a bit of a part one and part two, but let's uh, dig into the actual doctrine of create of the goodness of creation here. So this is how we've explained it in the 99 essential Christian doctrines. In Genesis 1, God repeatedly affirms that all of his creation was good, even very good. It's good in God's judgment because he created it for a purpose that is fulfill, um, that it fulfilled, to reflect and display the good character of the creator. Therefore, sin and evil should not be seen as foundational as a foundational part of the creation, but rather a corruption of it. While the creation has been marred and distorted as a result of sin, it is still good in the hands of God and serves his purposes of proclaiming his glory in the world. God's people should affirm and seek to preserve the goodness of God's creation. So basically to sum that up, you could say this doctrine is about everything that God created was good when he created it. It, it perfectly fulfilled the purpose he had in mind and was in that state until the fall. That's correct. That's that, kind of the, the way you can yeah, summarize it. that's a it. big idea. Yeah. And then today, to add one more thought to that, we can still see goodness in creation, but it has been corrupted because of sin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And right away and i'm sure we were planning on getting to this this later but we're gonna we'll, we'll just wait, wait, wait. go ahead i'm the one that moves us forward oh sorry that's my thing sorry i'm still i, will, your I line. will grant you thank you go ahead one thing and and undoubtedly we'll talk about this in a little more detail a little bit later but one thing that we should always keep in mind is that when we talk about creation fulfilling god's purpose God's intentions for it, God calling it good, that doesn't mean that it was complete. That's the thing that I suspect that a lot of people listening would not have thought of. That's right. That's uh, right. That when we think of good, okay, it was good, next next doctrine. But this wrinkle that we're going to talk about in a minute, I think it is, is pretty important. Yeah. So before we get to that, where do we see this in Scripture? And and I'll go the first one. The, the, the obvious one, of course, is Genesis 1, mm -hmm. the refrain each day. Um, every day of creation, you see that refrain, it was good. He declared it what he created to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you see you see in Genesis 1.31 in the, in the summary that's there of basically everything God saw, 
all that he had made, and it was very good. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. And, of course, we have many other passages that float out there speaking to God's perfection. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he does not make mistakes. Uh, A perfect God could not make anything that was not good. And and there's a logical argument behind it as well. Well, and you also have the Psalms. Um, Mm -hmm. Repeatedly, what the psalmists will do is um, extol the virtues of creation and say, look, and, and say, the... The heavens declare your glory. Um, Basically, creation screams out your your goodness, your power, your majesty, God. Um, And we see that explicitly stated in um, not just as an expression of worship, but as an expression of fact in Romans chapter 1. Yeah. And... It, it's why humanity is without excuse of acknowledging there is a good creator. Yeah. Because they can see his fingerprints in his creation. Right. Yeah. So let's get now to kind of the, the substance of what we ha- kind of had in mind here. The, yes. the cautions with understanding this doctrine. And you, since you prompted the first one, why don't you kind of run a little bit further with it? Goodness versus the idea of, of completion. Well, um, one of the things that, that we do need to remember is is that when God created the world he and he created people, he gave the first two people, um, the man and the woman, he gave them a job to do. Adam and Eve. You, Adam, they, they, we'll that, call that's them, where their names that's were. Far, they didn't get a name till later, okay? Okay. So anyway, um, Adam, but Adam and Eve... They were given. They were given a mandate. Um, you know, some some people will refer to it as as the the creation mandate. Mm-hmm. Others will call it uh, the cultural mandate. Mm-hmm. Basically, the idea behind it was to cultivate and was to cultivate creation and help it to flourish. And so, to have mastery over it and to steward it well, as with God's authority and God's blessing. That was the original intent. So creation wa- was good, but it was finished only in so far as God had completed its in- intended work, yeah. which was then to be com- continued on through the work of his people. And I think a lot of people may not think about this. I, I, I remember I didn't think about this for the longest time, uh, but it, it does have important ramifications because... Yeah. You know, to understand this gives context by which had the fall never occurred, we would still expect to see a culture form. We would mm-hmm. art, architecture, music, you know, you go down the, the, the line. It, it's not we God's intention was not for us to sp- still be living in a primitive garden had the fall never occurred. Right. That's the mandate he gave Adam and Eve. He wanted them to subdue the earth, to rule over it, and to flourish, to spread out, to populate. So transportation, technology, all of these things can be argued are part of God's intention for us to steward well his creation. Now, because yes. of the fall, which is the second caution we're going to talk about in a minute, yes. because of the fall, many of these things we're talking about have become corrupted and evil. That's why we see so much bad with technology and so forth. Right. And and it's not just bad with technology, it's bad with how we go about using fulfilling yes. the yeah. fulfilling the mandate that's been given yeah. to us. Because this is the thing. Human beings are so hardwired to do this, we can't not. Yes. I mean, this is why you said to your point, we 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 could reasonably expect that had sin never happened, 
that art would still occur, that mm-hmm. that cities would still be built, that technology would still be fashioned, but it would all be it would all be done in perfection for um, his glory and for, for God's, God's glory. glory exclusively. Exactly. And now it's mostly done for our glory, for our fulfillment. Often. You know, we we find satisfaction, we find value and so forth in what we've created right. rather than the creator. Right. Or even in cases where something was created actually with the intention of being used for God's glory. So great example is the printing press. Mm-hmm. The printing press was made by a man who loved God, um, who by, from all accounts, anyway, um, Guten, Gutenberg seemed to be a, a genuinely faithful believer, um, but he uh, his desire was to actually give the patent to it, to his printing press, to his invention, to the church and they said no <laughs> they didn't want it and so um and and thus the protestant reformation eventually I, I, was born i, I wish i would have been at that business meeting <laughs> they'd been like mm, brother gutenberg would like to donate this point of order we don't see a point in then this we'll have to dust it and stuff it'll cost <laughs> us money <laughs> all right you have been listening to uh history by lifeway and uh <laughs> We're sorry. Anyway, uh, let's keep going here. Um, but what we've seen is is that even that something like this that was that was created with a good intention, with a good desire, and and that its original maker had um, had this desire to give for the use of of forwarding um, the mission of God in the world. Um, ultimately, has become um, while I. Without question, I love I love the printing press. I'm so thankful for yeah. its existence. Um, we wouldn't have jobs without it. Um, and but not just that. Um, it's used both for both to produce materials that glorify God and materials that defame Him. Yes. And sometimes at the same at the same shop. I heard That's, that today. I was in a meeting that we used to publish a resource here at a printer that was printing some things we would not want to be associated with. And so we we had to, to stop using that, that right. printer because of that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this kind of takes us to, we, we stepped into it, the second concern. So the first one is understanding that, that God's creating everything good does not mm-hmm. necessarily mean it was complete the way he intended for it to be. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, a little, it's an important nuance. It doesn't mean he created it wrongly or imperfectly. No, no, they're they're two. They're related, but separate right. issues. They're different categories. Yes, they're different categories. The second connects to that. Now, what we experience after the fall, after Genesis three, um, the fall has ruined creation. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that everything in creation is now completely evil. There's still goodness in it. Yes. And so that's something that we need to understand um, as we consider. The next question we're going to get to in a, in a second: what 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 difference right. this this doctrine makes in our lives? That creation around us, technology, everything that we've talked about, there's a lot of good things that we need to steward well and champion for the glory of God, and there are a lot that we have to be concerned about because yeah. it does, as you said, defame from God, or it's just simply evil. Yeah. Um, and so, just understanding that. Um, when we look at the world, it is no longer good, perfectly like it was before, but it is not all 100% evil as well. Right. So, I mean, it, I don't think we wrestle with this 
as much today, but there have been groups in church history who have kind of reached that conclusion mm-hmm. that anything physical because of the fall has to be evil. Right. And only spiritual is good. The, no, that's that's not what this doctrine no. would hold. No, that is um, – I wish I could remember the name of that particular heresy. But uh, uh, Gnosticism. Is well, one Gnosticism was more about secret knowledge. Yeah, but, well, um, but that was part – yeah. that was another of the beliefs of that's the Gnostics. True. That's yeah. true. Um, was it Docetism? Yeah, docetism as well. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. the the separation between spirit yeah. and spirit. Yeah, the Gnostics and flesh. had the two camps. One that said physical doesn't matter, so do whatever you want. Yeah. The other was more of the no, the physical is all evil, so ah, avoid a, avoid evil at all. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So there okay, go. so, so there's the random excuses. Church history yeah. nerding. Um, what difference <laughs> should this doctrine make? Oh, you and I both. Uh, what. What difference should this doctrine make, Aaron? Um, well, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of differences that this doctrine should make. Ultimately, I mean, one of the first ones is is that um, recognizing the goodness of creation, the goodness that still exists within creation, because God has because God declared it good, um, that should drive us to appropriately value and Mm -hmm. steward creation well. Um, Now, one thing that bears mentioning here, typically when we talk about about creation in this, um, we typically are talking about really everything except for us, but we should, (laughs) uh, as human beings, but we should recognize that we are part of the creation. The only one who is distinct from it entirely is God himself. We are just human beings are distinct from other created beings um, and and items in the world, both living and non-living in very distinct ways um, in that theoretically, at least we are the only uh, the only beings that God has made that had that reason. Um, I say theoretically because I mean, Twitter. So. Just we we alone at Barry at God's image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And but fundamentally, yeah. we we are distinct because of that. And we'll get to but that. We are another still part time. of creation. Exactly. Um, God is the only one who is entirely distinct from, but still involved with. Um, so when we talk about stewarding and valuing creation, that means that we need to both look at how we are responsible um, with so how I need to we put use these donuts down that I'm about to eat. I mean, you can eat a donut to the to the glory of God, and that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's true, and you should. But just don't but eat a dozen to no, the glory of God. Um, but that's a good example. Maybe don't eat all the donuts at the same time. Um, eat if eat one or two, and that's just fine. But uh, you know, in how about week, eating a donut in one bite? No, that's also some okay, okay. something wrong, and I don't know what to do with that. But. <laughs> um, but what we want to do is we want to make sure that we are we yes we are responsible with ourselves as as part of creation so how we treat our bodies matters mm-hmm. um but also how we use the resources of the world yeah. what this does here's what that doesn't mean this doesn't mean that we need to um as we have seen um some some folks who have more have abandoned the christian faith um at uh, at some theological seminaries um, do. <laughs> we do not need to hold repentance services um, where we pray and ask forgiveness of plants. We don't need to do that. Um, I mean, if you you know what, if you talk to your plants, you know that's one. That's thing. your conviction, and go go with God on that. But um, but we don't we don't pray to plants. We don't pray to the earth. We don't do anything like that. We enjoy it. 
we appreciate it. We um, and we we try to be thoughtful about yeah. how we use what God has made well, for our use. And this is where I think we need to be careful. I think some of us we tend to push back against environmentalistic causes because we associate them with people who hold different religious political views than we might have a lot of times. And in my thinking, that is where we are in the wrong. We 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 must care about the world because it's part of God's creation. So we should steward it well. We should care about pollution and and you go down the list. Now, now our motivation will be very different from the motivation of a lot of environmentalists. True. But I don't think we would be wise and we're not honoring God if we, you know, kind of throw up our hands and say, well, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's just a planet. All that matters is people's souls. So who cares if, if litter and so forth? No, we yeah. should. We should care about clean water. We should care about right. you know, environmental dangers and everything. But for that reason, because we want to honor what God has created. Right. Exactly. So I think that takes me to to the second takeaway that I see with this, and, and you kind of started speaking to it a, a second ago as well, is that, that we should understand that God created everything to bring him glory. And part of that is us enjoying it, not only stewarding it well, but enjoying creation. So um, John Piper has, has a great article, How to Drink Orange Juice to the Glory of God, which mm. was really been helpful for me in the past. And it, it speaks <laughs> it to this. because you struggled with drinking I, I did. I was an apple juice guy for the longest time. And now I've been, no, because in that he kind of just uses orange juice as a test case of, of yeah. what does it look like? If we're supposed to enjoy creation, seriously, how do you, how should I, how is drinking orange juice going to do that? And it's a great, great um, article that he published. It's a, it's a brief one. Yeah. And the, the, the thesis is basically this, that we enjoy the provision that God has given us, we enjoy and recognize the creator behind it, mm-hmm. and we connect those dots. I know I'm guilty of doing that too little. I enjoy, especially food, um, I'll enjoy it, but I'll fail to connect it closely to God, the provider, and so it sets me up to worship creation rather than creator. Yes. But if we're doing this right, if I'm enjoying a meal and thinking, man, this is a good meal, God was good to give us this food and give us taste buds to taste this. He didn't have to do that. I told people before he could have given us gruel to eat. Just just that some bland nourishment that keeps us nourished and to survive. But he chose to give us taste buds to enjoy food. Why? Mm. For his glory. So that we can thank him, the giver of that. So when we connect mm. them, we can actually worship God through through food, through a sunset. I mean, art. You go down, down, down the line and just to enjoy God's creation and how we have stewarded creation, mm-hmm. going back to that mandate, um, culture and so forth, when it's done rightly and, and to his glory, that we, we enjoy that and we can worship him. Yeah. All right. So I think that's a a good place to leave off. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I hope it's been helpful. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 